0: Welcome back to another episode of Stacking Denny's. I'm Jordan McAfee of Roto Bowler. My co-host, Nick Giffen of the Action Network. And holy shit, do we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> After Charlotte and the Coca-Cola 600 that got postponed to Monday and was full of action. I feel like every single week we have a ton to talk about. And this week is no different. Ryan Blaney snaps his winless streak, gets into victory lane. Had the best car all day. It, it, it wasn't, I don't think it was close. Top five all day. Um, you can, congr- uh, shout out to you calling it last week on, on stacking Denny's here. The last week's episode talked about the Penske car live you, on the show. Yeah. You're betting them both. And, and, uh, yeah, Ryan Blaney gets the win. William Byron, after an amazing effort by his pit crew, all race, uh, with that number one pit stall, he finished second Martin Trix junior third, the bubble Wallace fourth Tyler Reddick fifth first time ever. That 23-11 put both cars into the top five. Kyle Busch, Stenhouse, Busher, Austin Dillon, and Zane Smith rounding out the top ten. Shout-out Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I believe that was also talked about on last week's episode. It might have been a discussion mm-hmm. afterward, but definitely tracked uh, – I know I tracked it 3-1 to one for his top ten. Love seeing that. But, yeah, Ryan Blaney in victory lane, as you somewhat predicted – pretty much predicted using physics and weather for those Fords. Nick, what'd you think of that race? You think it was a good race.
1: Yeah, it was a good race. And it, you know, seems like from Jeff Gluck's poll that uh, a lot of people thought it was a good race as well. I, I know I saw the poll early this morning and it was like 92% or something like that. I don't know what the final results ended up being. As of right now, it's 91. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty good. Um, But yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a great race. you could, you could run multiple grooves. You could pass for the lead. Uh, you know, there was certainly no lack of chaos. And uh, I know fans tend to like that when the racing and, and action happens. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was as good as Kansas, but it was definitely one of the better races of the year for sure. This car keeps delivering on these intermediates.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I, I forgot my beer. <laughs> um, You're good. I, I had to run over and get that. But, yeah, um, you know, that's what I responded to to Gluck's poll was they finally figured out this this car on the mile and a half uh, continues to deliver. And the Coca-Cola 600 was no different. Here's the thing. Uh, anybody that did not think that was a good race, this is a 600 mile race the fact that it was entertaining and that it was competitive for the entire race is the most significant portion of this. I don't care about the wrecks. I don't care about the drama. You know, the, I mean, we had, we had Eric Amarola and Bubba Wallace, uh, you know, getting into it on pit road during the race. Uh, We had plenty of wrecks. We had the chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, which we're going to get into. Um, But overall it was just good race. It was good racing. It was, it was fun to watch. Like, I cannot stress enough how good these mile-and-a-halves are. We see it time and time again. What sucks is there's only six races. There's six of the 36 are mile-and-a-halves. They've nailed it with this car, with the mile-and-a-halves, and unfortunately it's only a small portion of the schedule. But when we get them, we have to enjoy them, and that's a fact of the matter. But, yeah, Ryan Blaney snaps his winless streak. Um, and, you know, I tweeted out – I've been on a little tweeting spree today – Um been getting a lot of, a lot of fun. I love it. Love A lot of fun discussion discussions in my in my mentions today, but um, here's some stats for you, and I couldn't believe this when I looked it up. I could not. Best average finish over the last six races, Ryan Blaney, six point three. Best average finish over the last fifteen races, Ryan Blaney, eleven point one. Best average finish over the last thirty six races, the an entire season. Ryan Blaney. and one thing that uh, I saw someone mention you know with this tweet I think they were they replied to it or they replied to somebody else was that if Blaney would have made Phoenix and the final race last year he would have won the championship he had the best car last year he Mm -hmm. played wingman to Joey Logano in that race and I know we've talked about I've I've said before you know, a few weeks ago that I agreed with Kyle Putty that Ryan Blaney is overrated. These stats still surprise me. I'm not going to sit here and say that Ryan Blaney is elite. I'm not going to sit here and say he isn't true championship contender. But these stats are, I think, very surprising. And, and and we talk about it a lot, how average finish does not matter a lot. But when you go over a 36 race sample size, it's yeah. it's a little bit more significant than it is, you know, over a six race span, because when we're looking at single tracks. We're looking over the last, you know, six races at a single track can be six years, six races or 36 races overall is a year. That is a full season. So what Ryan Blaney is doing is, is solid. He's getting the finishes. Is he dominating? No. Is he winning? No, he hasn't. That's his first win in 50 something races. But at the same time, he's getting the job done. And, and I think it's noteworthy there. One thing that I I have noticed this year, especially this year, you know, Joey Logano is coming off that championship run last year. He got a mm-hmm. second championship. There's a significant speed difference in, yes. yeah, I, I, I feel like Penske racing right now is three tiers. We got Blaney who has weeks where he can win. He's top five solid. Then you got Joey Logano where the weeks that he's good is about an eighth place car. The weeks that he's. Okay, he's about a fifteenth place car, and then you have Austin Cindric who's who's in the twenties, and I don't get it. I like I don't understand the drop off that Joey Logano has. We have seen with Joey Logano this season. It it's still not making sense to me. It actually reminds me. You remember last year when William Byron was was testing, and and yeah, that was our, that was our theory going on, and then it like I I'm pretty sure like they came out and said yes that he was testing. That's what yeah. this Joey Logano speed because. Even this last week at Charlotte, Ryan Blaney was a top five car all day. He was a top three car all day. Joey Logano, while he was he had certain stints during that race that he was good. He was never, he was never gonna win that race. He was just right. he was top ten good. That's about it. So I I don't get it. I it, it it's it's weird to me that how like I said, three different drivers can have such different speed on the exact same team.
1: I agree with you. I mean, Joey's I, and you know, I wanted to still bet Joey 30 to one because you never know if they find something or
0: mm-hmm.
1: if he's not testing and, and just the different physics of this race. I thought maybe there was a chance that all of Penske was going to be good and they were better. Joey was better. He wasn't great, but he was better than his flags number had been entering the race at the similar tracks. Uh, his flags was better this time and same for Austin Cindrick. His flags number was around 18th or 19th, something like that. And he's been in the 20s, lower 20s. Uh, so they both got better. But Blaney was the one who, you know, instead of being around 8th, he, he was first, obviously. And so I agree with you. I think there's three separate tiers here. I don't know if it's Joey Logano testing. I mean, ideally, you'd want to start testing after your second win, not your first win. Right. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure on that. Like last year, Byron got that second win pretty early, which allowed him to be the test guy. Uh, you know, he got his second win by the eighth race of the season. So that allowed him to be the test guy. And, you know, like you said, and, and like we hypothesized and then Hendrick basically came out and said, yeah, he's, he's the test guy uh, ap- after the playoff started, you know, it, they didn't directly say it, but it was pretty well implied on a Byron interview. He's like, we can go for it right. now, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if Joey's doing that. It's a little risky given that, you know, Sixteen different winners if he's the 16th he's out i don't think we're gonna get there but the, it, it, it could still get crazy i mean we just added a new winner here ross chastain the points leader hasn't won kevin harvick is fourth in points hasn't won uh you know we have brad Keselowski, who's had potential race winning cars hasn't won chris busher hasn't won Bubba wallace hasn't won he's been in contention alex bowman chase elliott Ty Gibbs, Daniel Suarez. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that can still win at the normal tracks. And then you always add in, you know, what could happen at maybe an Atlanta or a Daytona where even more guys could win. So I wouldn't say Joey Logano's is totally safe set yet. So I'm not sure they're testing. I think maybe
0: there's just three tiers. I think, uh, I don't think he's testing either, but I think if he would be testing right now, it's because they were so off at Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Like, they they lost so much ground at Phoenix, and that's the only like that's the only way they're going to win the championship. But another another team that uh, um I don't think they're testing either, but I still don't get it. Chase Briscoe is so bad at intermediates this year. It is unbelievable how slow he is. B.J. McLeod was legitimately faster than Chase Briscoe. Here's the thing with Chase Briscoe though. He just, like, survives the race and then ends up with a top-20 finish. And at one point, like, you know, with 15 laps to go, he was running, like, 12th. Then he slid back to whatever he finished, 21st or whatever. But, again, I don't understand what the hell is going on with that team either. Um, Makes no sense to me at all. Especially with how Ryan Priest and Eric Amarola, they seem to be getting better. You know, like, especially as the races go on. But Chase Briscoe, they are just ridiculously bad. Um, I, I, I'm, I will be forever searching for why that is happening with that team. But um, sticking with Ford camp here, Zane Smith gets top 10 in that front row motorsports car. Um, Have to talk about this, both, both him and Todd Gillen. So Todd Gillen, you know, he loses his ride for, for a few races this year. He gets bumped over to the Rickware racing car to make room for Zane Smith getting, getting seat time. Todd Gilliland was 18% owned in the big GPP. And people want to say that there's no edge in DFS.
1: Yeah, exactly. That was I, ridiculous. I, I mean, f- he's, he's going over to the 51. He's not in that typical car. And I mean, I think he dropped the cylinder right at the start of the race or something. Cause he was way off the pace. And then he ended up, uh, you know, retiring from the race in 33rd anyway. But, uh, that was terrible and, and, and not, not his fault. Anything. It's, it's just, he was in the 51 and that thing's a shitbox. box.
0: Yeah. The only person that had a worse driver rating in that race than Todd Gilliland was Jimmy Johnson, who started dead mm-hmm. last, had had wrecked like four times. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I ca- I couldn't believe it. Like I at the start of the race, I was heading over to my friend's house and then I got a I got a tweet and they're like um, Todd Gilliland's 18 percent owned. And I'm like, no way. Like. No way. Like, who are – why are people doing this? Why are people doing this? But, hey, it is what it is. But, hey, uh, J.J. Yaley, someone we have to talk about, finished uh, 16th in that Rick Ware racing car. One of those guys that tends to stay out of trouble when he did this race. Like, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what the Coke 600 has turned into is a survival of it because it's such a long race. We we, we saw, what, 15 cautions? Um Sixteen. Was it? Was it more than that? 16? Sixteen
1: cautions. Sixteen for eighty-three laps. Yeah.
0: hmm But yeah. uh But biggest news, obviously. uh You knew we had to get into it. Chase Elliott. We're, we're not. We're not supposed to get into it. We're just supposed to talk bets, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you want to just talk bets? We can make this a ten-minute episode. I'm fine with that. Here's the best part.
1: <laughs> I don't know what the hell to bet for. Gateway, so like (laughs) if you're listening for bets, you may just want to skip this episode. By the way, that's ridiculous. Like, you and I are doing this podcast because we want to do it. It, We're not sitting here trying to become big and famous and have this gazillion listener podcast. I understand a large part of our audience is betting the vast majority, like I would say 95% plus, is betting DFS related. But if that's all we wanted to do, that's what we would do. But you and I want to do these other things. We want to talk. It, it's almost just a way for you and I to sit down and talk NASCAR because we'd love to talk NASCAR. And if anybody right. wants to listen, great. But we're not going to sit here and say, here's our 10 bets and the show's over. Or here's five DFS plays and the show's over. No, we've we've evolved the show the way we want to do it. And if, it, if you don't want to listen, that's fine. Click the next podcast. Skip
0: it. Who cares? Yeah, there's there's I don't. plenty of them. <laughs> Yeah, you uh if we were going to if we were just going to talk about bets and just talk about DFS, we'd record this show on Friday or Saturday. Like we're talking about this on Tuesday. Like th- th- that's why we record this when we do. And And
1: here's the other thing. It's not like you can't find our betting content elsewhere. I mean, you have betting and DFS content at RotoBaller. I have betting and DFS content at Action Network and Fantasy Labs. I have a podcast another podcast that I do. There's the Discord that I'm in. We tweet things out, track bets in the action app. Like, you're gonna find our betting content. Uh, so this is a little different for us. This is what we like to do because it, 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 we enjoy it. Like that's it's just straight up. That's all it is. Like, I it's it's kind of funny when people tell us how our podcast should be because this is our podcast. We're not right. Even though we are kind of doing it for other people and that people like to listen and we're putting it out there, we're doing it for ourselves really. Let's, let's be real. Like this is something you and I enjoy doing. And if people like to listen, that's great. We love it. We appreciate it. But if you don't want to listen, that's totally okay too.
0: Mm, 100% um, but you know, not to get too far down that rabbit hole. I don't want to, I don't (laughs) want to throw a little, I don't want to throw a little temper tantrum on that, but someone who did did throw a temper temper tantrum was, uh, chase Elliott at, at Charlotte, um, and wrecking, you know, Denny Hamlin pushed him up, got him into the wall and and Elliott pulled a Bubba Wallace from Las Vegas last year, hooked hooked Hamlin, sent him honestly, you look at the in car camera from that wreck, you look at just the replay of that wreck, that was a that was a fucking hit that Hamlin took. Mm-hmm. He said the he, he said today, which would be Tuesday, that he can't move his neck really. Because of that, like we've talked about the safety of this car and how how it lacks safety features, that was a hard wreck, and I can't believe one the number of people that look at that replay and say Chase Elliott did nothing wrong, two the number of people that look at that replay and say, well he deserved it or Hamlin deserved it because he put Elliott into the wall, and three like all of the excuses just overall all the excuses that are that people are making for Chase Elliott when. One year ago at Las Vegas, you're saying Bubba Wallace should be just kicked out of NASCAR for it. Make it make sense. I understand that these drivers like Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, have fanboys. They have super fans that are going to defend them no matter what they do. This, By the way, this is my whine about it. Um, (laughs) How do you look at that situation and say, that's not messed up? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Chase Elliott straight up hooked him. I don't care what you say. And and NASCAR completely agreed. Here's the thing though. You and I have been critical of NASCAR before. Is there room? Is there room in your head? Is there any, any doubts in your head that what Chase Elliott did was not intentional? 0.0% doubt.
1: None. It was a hundred percent intentional. It's not a doubt in my mind. I, there's no questioning it. All the evidence points to it. People, there's a very good slow-mo video of it from the front where you see Chase Elliott. He bounces off the wall, and then he drives straight like you would normally, and then he decides to turn left. And again, this is before Brad Keselowski hits him. There's literally no doubt. None. Yeah, the people and that say even Keselowski— Hendrick Motorsports, even Hendrick Motorsports said, we agree with NASCAR trying to be consistent on this. So— what more needs to be said? Yeah.
0: The people that, the the people that are blaming Keselowski saying he turned Elliot who turned. No, that is completely out. Like there are things with uh, the, the camera angles and everything. You just have to look at alternate angles. You will see that Keselowski did not cause that whatsoever. The contact was made after chase was already into Hamlin. The only, the only screenshots that I saw that, that could have changed my mind was the toe link being broken. And there was some screenshot that someone was trying to say caused it. No, it's not there. I mean, Denny Hamlin an hour after the wreck happened, got the SMT data posted it on Twitter, just like everyone expected. He would like, this is, I hated Denny Hamlin. I'm still not a huge fan of Denny Hamlin, but I am like, it's weird. Like I'm not a fan, but I'm a fan. It's probably the best way for me to describe what I think of Denny Hamlin right now. What he's doing is what NASCAR needs. He is the Ross Chastain of telling the truth. Ross Chastain doesn't tell the truth. He wrecks somebody and says, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't, I didn't mean to get into you. Denny Hamlin just sits out there and tells the truth. He goes out there and tweets the tweets, the data, and then turns his comments off, which, you know, it's probably a good move on his part, but you know, Dale Jr. Yeah. on his his podcast said I probably wouldn't have tweeted that out. That's because Dale Understood. Jr. is Dale Dale Jr. Yeah. is Chase Elliott, the the previous version of Chase Elliott who doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. Fact of the matter is though, the most popular driver in NASCAR is suspended for a race. Do you think that has any implications on the sport itself. Does this, does this get people talking like Ross Chastain fucking up races for people does? I don't know. Because I now mean, not, not to mention Corey LaJoy now gets the, the opportunity yeah. of a lifetime. Yeah. We've been talking about this for years. If only Corey LaJoy could get a good ride. Hey buddy, I hope you don't fuck this up. I hope yeah, you don't exactly. fuck this up. I want to see you go out there and actually contend for a top five. I don't think you can contend for the win, but Hey, here's your chance. You've been talking about yeah, this. He, he needs to be. joy has been, been talking about this. He needs to be in the mix in the top ten in speed. Absolutely does. And if if he doesn't, he's gonna walk away with a bunch of egg on his face.
1: There's no Josh Berry excuse here where he hasn't been in these cars or that this you know series or anything like that. So he has to be in the mix in the top ten in speed. But to your point, does this move the needle in terms of NASCAR stuff? I don't think so. I mean, Chase Elliott got injured and missed six races, the TV ratings didn't plummet. They didn't suddenly Mm. come back up when he came back. There was none of that. There was no Chase Elliott effect on TV ratings, none. And I got tweets saying there was, and like, it's literally not in the data. Like people, Chase Elliott fanboys, and I was like, oh, well, it makes sense. The look at his bio, it's a Chase Elliott bio. It's like, they just don't, a a lot of Chase Elliott fans. I'm not saying all, I'm not even saying most, but a lot. I mean, if there's 5 million of them and 1 million of them don't live in reality, that's still a lot. Uh, there's a lot yeah. that don't live in reality, and they won't look at data. They won't look at TV rating data, attendance data, SMT data, video data. They just cannot say their golden boy did anything wrong ever. And somehow, you know, they think him being suspended is the worst thing in the world. It's going to end a NASCAR. And, like, no, no. Not even close. If anything, this is good for NASCAR because it shows they're willing to apply the same penalty to anybody, all 36 plus drivers in that field. They will apply the exact same penalty. So, um, you know, I don't necessarily think it changes anything for NASCAR, but the precedent is set and now it's been followed and I expect it to continue to be followed. Um, one situation, you know, Carson Hosevar, who (laughs) is now getting his cup debut, uh, he right hooked somebody in the race. We were sponsoring my, my uh, Malazzi, Stephen Malazi there. Um, he right hooked, right rear hooked somebody, but it was at Martinsville. The only reason they didn't suspend Hosovar is because they in race penalized him because he actually didn't damage his car enough. You know, like when Bubba right hooked Larson and when Elliott right hooked Hamlin, they both ended their races anyway because of damage, crash damage. At Martinsville it was so slow and, and he kind of just spun himself out. He actually failed his right intentional right hook attempt. That's how terrible it was for Osvar. It,
0: it was But he spun yeah, himself
1: out, caused a caution, he kept going. So NASCAR held him two laps, and I said that's enough penalty there in that situation. But I think had he crash damaged himself, he'd probably get suspended a race as well. Now I don't know technically what the precedent for precedent for NASCAR is, if it's like a half mile track versus on the straightaway in a dog leg of a mile and a half. Uh, I don't know if they'd change that, but in my opinion, it shouldn't matter what the track is. Um, I, I, you know, last year Noah Gregson got away with it when he hooked Sage Karam in front of the whole field yep. at Road America. Uh, and in that case, it's a left hook because it, it sent him that other direction. But, um, and he didn't get suspended, so there is still some gray area, I guess, with track situation, whatever. But at least NASCAR was consistent between Bubba and Chase Elliott, and I think they do the exact same thing. If they see a right rear hook out of one and a half miler, pretty much anywhere on the track. And
0: uh, honestly, I was a little surprised that they actually suspended Chase Elliott. I did not. I I tweeted it out on Monday. I was like, I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to find a way not to. And, you know, news broke today that, yep, you're out for a race. Uh, One, one uh, comparison that I saw though, was why doesn't, why doesn't Ross Chastain get suspended for, the same shit and not to defend Ross Chastain, but his are not as intentional. And that's why. Yeah. What, what Bubba Wallace did to Larson and what chase Elliott did to Denny Hamlin were straight up. We're saying we are ending your day. Ross Chastain. It's not, it, it, I don't know how to fully explain it. Like just talking. It's just different. And I know that's the case that Chase Elliott fans were trying to make here. Oh, like, like the number of times that I've seen people say he put, he put Hamlin in the wall. So Hamlin deserved it. No, nobody deserved to get hooked in the right rear, sent straight into the wall. Like nobody deserves that. I don't care what you say. Like it's to think that is just pure delusion that that, Mm -hmm. that's fandom delusion. um, In that sense, it's, Absolutely insane, but overall, yes, very good race. I more mile and a halfs, please. If we're going to stick with this race car, please more mile and a halfs. Um, one guy that did not that had a very good race car that led forty eight laps, but just like it, it seemed like half the wrecks he was somehow involved in. Christopher Bell, you know, second in stage one, sixth in stage two, ended up finishing twenty fourth. He led forty eight laps. I don't think anybody can can take it away from him. He had I. From, from, from me watching that, just, just watching it. I wasn't watching lap times or anything. I was watching it on TV. That was probably the best I've seen Christopher Bell run in a while. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, talked about him for, or, you know, his, his tendency to not dominate races. That's the best I've seen Christopher Bell run in a while. So sucks for them. You know, the issues that they had, same as, uh, Brad Keselowski, he finished 19th. He had a, he had a solid top five, top 10 car, Yeah. um, Overall, but yeah, like guys like Ricky Stenhouse though, got to give him another shout out. He He is a great
1: race. He was inside the top, uh, 12 the whole day, the whole day. I mean, maybe a few laps here and there, but you know what I mean? He was pretty much a top 12 car, the whole race. You absolutely have to shout that out. Um, got to shout out RFK racing as a whole, you know, Chris Buescher had a, had a strong day as well. And, uh, you mentioned Chase Briscoe and just how bad they are. Uh, that Austin Dillon versus Chase Briscoe bet wasn't even close. It looked like it was close at the end, but remember Austin Dillon had those fresh tires and I was waiting for team is just out to lunch.
0: I was waiting for Austin Dillon to somehow screw that up. Like (laughs) I know I I was like, you know, Austin Dillon's like ahead of Briscoe, literally 95% of that race. And I was just waiting on that final restart. I'm like one. I, so I live bet Blaney seven to one. I had Stenhouse top 10 and he was ninth on that final restart. And then Austin Dillon and Briscoe were neck and neck on that final restart. I'm like, this entire day is going to go to shit. Like, this is how my season's going. This entire day is going to shit. How's this going to all fuck up? Somehow they all three won. And which was, it, it was amazing. But thank you, Austin Dillon. I hate you a little bit less. Maybe, um, by
1: the way, you know, who was doc blocked this past weekend? Denny Hamlin.
0: Have and you he made gets your Chase Elliott right reared? Have you Have you made your random pick yet? I'm waiting no, for it to saving be the it for.
1: Nine. I was I was saving it for this segment. Yeah, it's gonna be the nine. Like it's gonna be like the nine is dock blocked, and it's already like preemptive doc blocked because of his suspension.
0: <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Um. Moving on. We'll though, save that for the uh, end. Yeah. So uh, moving on our uh, – uh shit. Just a second. Um, our segment of how many races since Ross Chastain has won. It has been 40 races since Ross Chastain has won a race. And just want to point it out now that Ryan Blaney has – going to say. <laughs> got to victory lane. The only other driver that has more races without a win – is Brad Keselowski, as far as the good drivers, right, which by right, the I way, I, I've, deci- I've decided today I, I'm going to go. This is my my project for the week. I'm going to go through and because there's no there's no updated list week by week of how long winless streaks are in NASCAR. So I'm going to go make it. I'm going to I'm going to publish that. Love I'm going to update it every week. Um, but yeah, so Keselowski who went through a shit year with RFK is now getting good cars, but Ross Chastain second on that list with 40 races without a win. Um, I know he's leading the points, but, uh, but yeah, they don't, they don't hand out championships for points leading in May. So I was
1: going to say though, like the argument you could apply to Ross Chastain, you could have applied to Blaney lately, but not anymore. Could have Blaney kicked everybody's ass this past week.
0: It. Yes. Yes. And one more one more shout out from that race. Uh Bubba Wallace, another top five. That's three straight top fives for that team. Four if you include the All Star race. Mm-hmm. They are they haven't figured out on mile and a halfs. He could definitely still win. Like it, oh, it yeah, would not be sure. it, it would not surprise me at all if Bubba Wallace wins this year on a he's, on a mile and a half. He's
1: back in the playoffs picture in terms of like the cut line. He's above the cut line right now. Uh that's huge. You know, three races ago, he was in the twenties
0: and now he's 15th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on to uh standings update, uh, Ross Chastain, still the points leader after a, I'll tell you what, he did not look good. One. He did not look good at, in the all-star race at North Wilkesboro. He did not look good at Charlotte, which was surprising because Suarez, throughout the beginning, and I think he got in a wreck or he had an issue or something. Suarez looked good. Suarez is good at Charlotte. Ross Chastain did not look good. Ross Chastain did not look good at the All-Stars. But he's still leading the points. One point over Blaney. Four points over Byron. Eight points over Harvick. It is tight as shit up top. Which, that's another thing. You know, that's that was my main... like. The number of times today that I heard Ross Chastain is leading the points, and that was the response to any of my tweets about Chastain. You know what? He has one bad race. He's in sixth. He's in fifth. But I get it. He's leading the points now. Um, So we got Chastain, Blaney, Byron, Harvick, Truex, top five. Bell, Reddick, Hamlin, Kez, Kyle Busch. Uh, If we're going by points, like I said, Apparently, we're handing out championships in May. That means Kyle Larson's the 11th best driver in the series. He's 11th in points. 69 points. Nice. Behind the leader.
1: (laughs) I just want to point this out. William Byron had that 60-point penalty. He'd be almost a full race clear of first place without that penalty.
0: That's uh, uh, not to go back to Charlotte, but I'm going to. um, Byron, you know, his, his pit crew was insane. You have the they had the number one pit stall and they were fast as shit all day. Is it concerning that he wasn't able to win that race? No, or do more?
1: He didn't have the best car. He was a fourth. He was a third or fourth place car. Um, you know, I think Reddick was better. Uh, I think Truex potentially could have been better had he Mm -hmm. had track position at the right times. I think, uh, you know, Keselowski was in the mix. There were other guys that were better than Byron, I think, just barely. Uh, but the you're right. His pit crew was awesome, and he had that first pit stall. And at Charlotte, that pit t- out timing line is so close to the end of the last pit stall or the first pit stall, whatever you want to call it. The one William Byron had. That Jim Sonnis and I, Jim Sonnis from Number Fire, uh, following on Action Network app at Jim Sonnes, uh, he and I basically, like... We had our own, like, little air quote gambling thing in DMs, like Twitter DMs. We were like, you know, Byron's in third place or fourth place. What's his odds of coming out first on pit road? Because that first stall was so important. We calculated between fourth and fifth was the breaking point, where if he was in fourth and he had a good pit stop, he'd probably win the race off pit road, but not if he was in fifth. And every time he won the race off pit road, it seemed, uh, because he was always in the top four. So... Uh, But then he kept dropping back. He kept, we would drop back to third. He dropped back to fourth. So I don't think he had uh, a top two car. He at best had a third place car. I'd say probably a third or fourth, maybe even a fifth place car. So it doesn't concern me that he air quote only finished second just because he didn't have the car. Um, And and that's okay. I mean, all of Hendrick motorsports kind of missed it. I mean, Kyle Larson, they missed it. They made wholesale changes to that car partway through the race. Bowman was never really a factor. Uh, Chase Elliott was never really a factor he kind of got some track position there which is what got him up there around uh you know the top 10 at one point but he wasn't really on speed a factor either
0: no and it it uh it goes back you know we, we saw at Kansas that that was kind of I want to say the first race this year where it was a big shift in okay Hendrick isn't the dominant team anymore you know the Toyotas right. at, at Kansas overtook him. Same thing this I, I feel like the gap kind of widened. I like I feel like the Toyotas and you know Blaney, but the Toyotas were definitely faster than Hendrick this, this week um at Charlotte. What sucks now though is we don't get another mile and a half till Kansas in the playoffs. If I'm reading this schedule right, let me make sure. Yeah. Kansas in the playoffs. Yep. So we get Kansas, Texas, and Las Vegas. Those are the last three mile and a half. We're not going to see another mile and a half till September.
1: Yeah. So it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Cause three years ago, we wouldn't have said it sucks. We've been like, hallelujah. Now we say right. it sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we got Nashville and, and, uh, or not Nashville, but gateway and, and, uh, Sonoma, Sonoma and, and off week. Yeah. And yeah, and then Nashville, so, oh man, it's uh it it's something. But but looking further at the at the standings, um, Chris Buser Chris Busher sitting there in twelfth, um, more top tens this year than Kyle Larson, who once again boomer bust. He's been boomer bust all season. He's he's either going out there winning the race or he's he's wrecking out. Seems like uh, only seven lead lap finishes in fourteen races, which obviously has DFS. Potential, especially he's, he was once again, the highest owned driver this, this week and rightfully so, you know, we didn't get practice or qualifying. The race was supposed to be on Sunday night, ended up being on Monday afternoon. A lot of variables that, that went into this race that, that kind of changed things. But, um, overall, you know, any any major surprises to you sitting here in points after 14 races? I'll tell you what, Joey Logano sitting 14th. I'm not going to stop talking is, about this. This is a. I don't understand why we're not talking about this drop. He was the champion last year. Yep. No, he's averaging Penske a finish Penske's a whole, of Penske as a whole aren't where they've one. been.
1: Blaney Blaney's had some good consistent finishes, uh, which has helped him. But he's not been great. Uh, he's only Blaney himself has only won one stage this year, other than the race win, um, and that was in Charlotte. So his only stage win was the race he dominated. But Logano has been worse, and he's also had more problems. He hasn't been consistent as Blaney, so he's had a, you know three DNFs, another thirtieth place finish, a twenty eighth place finish. Not good for them. You're right, and so Penske as a whole has been down. And then you add in Joey Logano's. Problems that he's had this year That's what's putting him on the bubble here uh, If he'd been more consistent Like if he just brings his car home in 12th every week Like, you know, where he about is in speed Give or take a little bit He'd be fine, but he's not doing that He's having a lot of really bad finishes
0: mm-hmm. He hasn't had So right now he currently has an average finish this year Of 17.1 He has not had that bad of an average finish Since his last year at Gibbs Which was 17.4 So just what did he something... have
1: in the uh what do you have in the i think it was the 20 there was some disastrous season with penske where he won a race and then they got a major penalty 2017 what was his average finish then 15.2 yeah and if you in and, and here's the funny part the first nine races of that year he finished six six four 31 five four three five one so every finish aside from that one dnf was sixth or better And he still had an average of, like, 15.4, like you said. So after that, after that insane streak, they got that major, like, L1 penalty or whatever they call it. Uh, I don't even know if they called it back then. An encumbered win. Remember that whole deal?
0: Encumbered win. He was
1: absolute garbage. And, And all of Penske got worse. There was clearly something they were doing to those cars that when they found that encumbered thing or whatever, Penske just got worse. And it really hit Joey Logano hard. He finished, he didn't even make the playoffs that year. finished 17th in the points. Um, so yeah, I would say this is his worst year since 2017 at post-encumberment.
0: Mm-hmm. Um other news from Charlotte, Alex Bowen made his return, uh, did not get to qualify, so he started back in 31st, ended up finishing twelfth. Any, you know, we kind of saw with Chase Elliott, it it seemed like he's he's taken some time to get back from that injury. Any concern from Alex Bowman as far as lacking speed or you think that's just overall, you know, Hendrick is kind of getting back to the field when it comes to their advantage this year?
1: Yeah, I think this was just a rough Hendrick race. There was no practice. Right. And they kind of just missed it coming off the truck, I think. And uh, it was also, like I said, just based off the weather conditions, a race that was going to help Ford more. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't see any issue there with Alex Bowman in terms of one race performance in a race where Hendrick struggled and he was, you know, running 15th all
0: day, something like that. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Yeah. Um, how about like Zane Smith though? I know you're, I know you're high on Zane Smith. Um, mm-hmm. One of those teams that are one of those drivers that just stayed out of trouble all day. Ended up finishing top 10. Uh. You know, you look at his – he's made five starts this year already, uh, 13th at Daytona, 10th at Charlotte. Finally got a good good finish because his other ones were 30th or, or worse – 31st or worse, actually. But um, that – that front row motorsports is still making gains every week, doing well. I I don't forget – I don't remember who it was on Twitter, but I saw someone saying like, oh, Zane, finished, Zane Smith finished top ten. In this front row motorsports, if only the other front row car uh, could actually perform, I I'm not getting that comparison. Yeah, I don't understand. Michael McDowell. Uh, Michael McDowell has been shit over the past since five races since yeah. since Martinsville. Yes, Mar- Michael McDowell has been shit. But before that, he was like legitimate teens driver every single week. So yeah, I I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. But, yeah, right now McDowell, over the last five races, 22nd or worse every single race, uh, 26th or worse than four of them. So definitely going through a rough stretch is, for him.
1: This is possibly the spot to buy low on Chase Briscoe, right? Like we just came off of a run of Dover, Kansas, Darlington, and Charlotte, all using the intermediate package. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we go back to the technically Gateway is the intermediate package as well, but it's flatter. So I'm not sure how that's going to play out. We'll talk about that. But then you go Sonoma. Uh, Nashville, I guess, will be intermediate. But then after that, like Chicago street course, Atlanta super speed, uh, you know, pseudo speedway, New Hampshire. Pocono is, I guess, going to be intermediate. But, uh, again, I don't know how it's going to be different with a big flat track. But then Richmond, I guess intermediate in Michigan. Uh, And then road course, road course, super speedway. So, Maybe not the time to buy low on Chase Briscoe. I, it, I'm very curious with Chase Briscoe how he's going to do it, and, and I think you and I have this question a lot just through the whole field. This can be a hard race to handicap, and I'm not trying to get into the snow or the Gateway preview. I mean, I haven't even done my my wine about it, but uh, Ch- this is going to be an interesting race to gauge guys like Chase Briscoe. It's the intermediate package, but it's a one and a quarter mile flatter track. How is he going to do? Because he's right on that playoff, and the reason I say it is because of the point standings. He's right on that playoff cutoff bubble. He's the first one out, uh, and you know Bowman's the first one in. I think we all think Bowman's gonna be fine, but uh, you know Ty Gibbs is right behind Chase Briscoe. Daniel Suarez is right behind Ty Gibbs. Corey LaJoy is in twentieth. Damn, that's insane. That's that's insane. That's and now, so good for and, Corey LaJoy.
0: And now he's gonna get uh, uh, the race. What if he wins this? Last time? What if he yeah. wins this? Oh, he he legitimately
1: could be in the playoffs.
0: <laughs> Give me it. <laughs> Give me a coral of it. joy I win.
1: <laughs> I, I want it now. Yeah, let's go.
0: Nothing would make me happier. But no, here's the thing about Chase Briscoe. Stays out of trouble and somehow just gets finishes. Like he's yeah. He's the king of, of, of being 33rd in green flag speed, but coming home with a teens finish. It's insane. It's
1: ridiculous, Yeah.
0: It's it doesn't make sense, but um Anybody else here on the standings before we get into wine about it? No,
1: I think we I think we ran through it all there pretty well as far as surprises and and I think that playoff bubble
0: there where I mentioned Briscoe Gibbs, Suarez, Lejoy I think is pretty interesting. Yeah. So that's going to get us into wine about it this week. I'm going to let you go first, Nick. Do you? I I have a wine that I'm gonna I'm gonna test for the first time in a while. Do you have do you have a new wine? I I do. Know you had you I tweeted out a picture
1: I did I, I tweeted out uh, a picture of this reserve I'm trying to find my tweet now stalling here for a moment um dude why can't I find it now let me let me oh, I think it's because I'm all right, here let me go through my my media there it is I found it reserve English wine for wine about it. Presented by Aluvabella Wines. So, if you're if you're watching the YouTube version of this, this is the Aluvabella uh, Reserve Collection. It is the Petite Syrah, which is you know a dry red wine. And I don't have a glass with me, so I'm just gonna chug it straight out of the bottle. So your <laughs> ASMR is not gonna be as good.
0: Oh, that was still good ASMR. I hope that came through. Did you hear the, the glugs? I, I hope I hope that came through. After, after so this editing. one's
1: very interesting. This is a little, and and I like this. I personally like this. This is a little, um, acrid in a good way for me. Uh, very, um, I guess it has a lot of like tannins, and uh, not very good with my flavor descriptions. But I really like it. Uh, this is a this is a rotodoc wine. This is very much a rotodoc wine. It's not as, um. I wouldn't say fruity because like I don't think cabs are fruity necessarily, but cabs I feel like have more of a – while they're bolder and, and, and a little bit acidic, they still have a good flavor profile. This one's more on the like smokier, darker, m- muted, a little – like I said, a little acrid and not in a bad way pr- flavor profile, which I love. I think it's great. So I'm just going to keep drinking it out of the bottle. Uh, but uh, – <laughs> You know, as far as whine about it, and it's just going to go back to people not living in reality. I mean, we talked about the Chase Elliott fans that are not living in reality, but it it goes all across NASCAR, whether it's Bubba Wallace haters, Bubba Wallace lovers, um, Kyle Kirkwood lovers. (laughs) Um, You know, it, it doesn't matter. Like, but we all have to come to terms with our reality like not our reality but actual reality we can't just blindly be a fan of this I mean we can that's great but when your driver fucks up he fucked up and I I feel like I actually do a very good job of that if Kyle Kirkwood fucked up I would be like Kyle Kirkwood fucked up Uh, but uh, it's just one of those things where I get so frustrated because people just make stuff up and they pretend it's the truth because they want it to be the truth and it's just Ridiculous! It, it doesn't make sense. I mean, and I alluded to it. It's like you're literally going to make up TV ratings that aren't actually true because you like Chase Elliott. And you're going to say, well, TV ratings are higher with them when there's literally no data evidence for that. Uh, there's literally no evidence. I, mean, I guess that, the, you know, the SMT is more debatable. All that's, you know, the, the actual incident itself is more debatable in terms of, like, gray area. But Let's go to a point and I didn't get to make this point while we were talking about it. How is it that Chase Elliott said is maybe his toe was knocked out or whatever, but then after the contact with Hamlin after wrecking, he drives that car perfectly fucking straight even though it's torn up. There's no toe link issue Drive that car all the way back around to the pits. Um did it magically Why? get knocked back into place? Like what are you t- like what are people talking about?
0: Why is why is nobody calling Chase Elliott out on his shit? Why are why are other drivers not calling out on his shit? I understand ben he can't. It, but sit, yeah, <laughs> he, he, I understand Chase Elliott can't sit there and say, "Yeah, I intentionally wrecked him." But like the bullshit, like it, it, I think that's what pissed me off. Corey LaJoy came to his fucking was,
1: defense. Like
0: he did. What and, 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 was it because is it because Corey LaJoy is another Chevy driver?
1: And I think he, you know, he has to, he can't be like, oh, Chase Elliott needs to be suspended. I might get the ride. So he kind of just has to be. But, like, you see it all the time. I mean, even Dale Jr. or Bob Hawkers was like, well, there's some differences here. Maybe, you know. No. No. It was blatantly obvious. And I don't understand why. Why? But, but, you know, I'm not even so much talking about the other drivers. But it's just like the blind fanaticism. Is ridiculous, But if you want to talk about, you know, and I think this is a good point, and it makes sense, the Corey LaJoy's, the Dale Earnhardt's, the whoever's coming to his defense or, or people just not telling the truth, like you said, you understand Chase Elliott couldn't, but that's just what they have to do. That's the box NASCAR has put them in, especially after the Denny Hamlin Actions Detrimental podcast where he said, yeah, I let go of the wheel and I put Chastain in the wall. But so, you know, it's been said that Chase Elliott cannot say that now um which is just one of those things but others should be able to call him out on that i don't and that almost goes to the point of the blind fanaticism like why aren't the other people calling him out him out that ken uh it, it's it's same thing like so i'm vegas golden knights fan and in game 3 a dallas player in the first minute and a half of a 60 minute game just straight up hockey stick. Like cross check to Mark Stone's head while he's all prone on the ice. Oh, I fell on my stick. Like, no, you didn't. Look at the, like, movement. I mean, it's... And as all his teammates and whatever come to his defense. It's... Nobody wants to call out the bullshit. Nobody wants to look at literally the data. The video. Um The TV data. It's just... Why are people so un-data driven? I mean there's you can't make up video evidence you can't make up hard data evidence it's not it's not a conspiracy theory it's just the hard data and so i don't know i just i think it's so frustrating that fans and i guess other drivers and stuff they just can't call something like it is they they have to just have this blind fanaticism where they find any way shape or form to excuse something
0: yeah and i i don't know i just i don't get it because I've like, I went through my years of hating every single thing that Denny Hamlin did. Like, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's the opposite, like the the complete opposite of, of these super fans of chase Elliott, of Ross Chastain, of, of any of these drivers that they make up things in their head that fits their agenda and they roll with it because they think it's the truth or, or, or because it fits what they want it to fit But so I feel like I was the opposite. You know, I, I didn't like Denny Hamlin, but at the same time, when he said or did something that was factually correct or made sense, I gave him the credit. Like you need to, you you need to do the opposite. You need to not give credit where it's due, but, but, but call out the bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. that is, that's what's needed in this, in this sport, in this world, just overall in this world. You know what I mean? Like this is more than just a NASCAR thing. It's, it's it's an overall life philosophy philosophy, I believe. Um but yeah, I just don't I, I, I cannot believe the number of I I'm flabbergasted by the number of people that are defending this this move. It it doesn't make sense to me. I don't care what your fandom is. I don't care that you're a huge Chase Elliott fan. That was yeah. That was retaliation. That was a very dangerous move. And if you can't call a spade a spade, then I got nothing for you, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and and let me jump in here. Pretty much every
1: Bubba Wallace fan I know, when Bubba hooked Larson said, yeah, Bubba deserves to be suspended. He fucked up. I don't understand why Chase Elliott fans can't do the same. I, I, there are some who have. I, I'm 100% not saying this is a total blanket thing with Elliott fans, but... If we look at percentage-wise, is very clear that Chase, there's a lot of Chase Elliott fans not living in reality. Uh, you and I were very consistent. We both said, Bubba, she's suspended. And we both said, Chase Elliott, she's suspended. Like, is the, yep. there's, there's maybe these super tiny, subtle differences in what happened. But it, at the end of the day, they both intentionally right-rear hooked a guy on a straightaway at a mile and a half uh, or a dog leg in a mile and a half so it's just not it's not debatable and it's it's certainly I guess it's debatable until you see the video evidence the SMT data you know there's that kind of thing
0: people are still looking at that evidence and saying oh it's not it's not real like what well How that's that's you- my whole line
1: about it that's what's pissing me off it's like why don't people look at data like look at data just look at data there's no data to support Chase Elliott equals higher TV ratings. There's no data to support Chase Elliott broke a toe link because then, I mean, unless you think the contact of Danny Hamlin knocked the toe link back in line, he drove the car with no steering issues all the way back around to the pits after that. I mean, people
0: just make shit up and it's, it's annoying. It's yes. that That's all that there's that all it is. But, that gives us something to talk about. It gives us debate on Twitter. Like I said, I've, I've had a lot of people in my mentions today with, with a couple of tweets that I've made. So, um, hey, I'm all about healthy debate and everything else. By the way, and,
1: uh, while you were talking there, Stephen Malazzi tweeted out, he's just very excited to be on an entry list and forgot to mention, you know, we sponsored him. So let's all give him support this weekend at Gateway For the truck race, there's only 36 trucks entered, so he is – oh, no, I'm sorry. There's 38 trucks entered. Bob Bob messed that up. He said 36 entries, but then he shows an entry list of 38, so now I'm confused. Uh, But let's hope Malazi gets locked into the show here. Um, Oh, there was two withdrawn from the event, so that's what it is. So there's 38 entries, but two withdrew. So Malazi's locked
0: in. And I don't has he announced uh his sponsor for that race yet? Not yet. Uh, He's driving the thirty four.
1: Yeah, which is I know initially what you and I thought he was going to drive when we sponsored him, and then he got put on the twenty two, which is even cooler.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So definitely check out and and follow Stephen Malazzi. I think from like from how the tweet went viral about him and Outback. And you know, seems like maybe hopefully Outback will be involved. That'd be sweet. Um, That'd be awesome. Well, I would, yeah, Dan we'll we'll
1: just... will be going Outback if they sponsor him for this race. Hundred percent. Yes.
0: Yes. Maybe 100%. all
1: week. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe all week. Maybe all month. I don't know. I mean, there's only one day left in the month, but uh, we'll yeah, say I'm... all month of June or something ridiculous. Now, uh, my... but yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted your whine about it there.
0: Yeah, my my closest Outback is fifty minutes away, so it's mm. not as easy for me to get there, but I live in the middle of fucking nowhere, Ohio. Um, by the way, for anybody watching YouTube, I'm not struggling to open this. I'm literally just twisting it in my hand. Um I am drinking <laughs> the the Passion Apple Pie by <gasps> Luva Bella. And uh, Oh,
1: me... I'm gonna have to try that on my next
0: order. Oh here we go. Oh that I'm gonna try it Go try and get some ASMR here. This is incredible. This
1: smells. The, the glass clink was like perfectly subtle too. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: um. So the apple pie that I'm used to would be the one that's made with moonshine and you know all the mm-hmm. like, spices oh, yeah. and everything. So this oh, is 10 yeah. percent alcohol. Uh, like I said, passion apple pie. Gonna do a little. I don't know if I'm. I don't. I don't know how to drink wine. So I'm just all gonna. Right. I just check it.
1: double
0: i will note that this is this is room temperature this is not chilled i had it chilled a couple weeks ago and i didn't like it i really like this i was i okay i'm not gonna lie i walked into this podcast episode waiting like i was prepared to fully shit on this wine and be like this is the wine that i don't like because i have yet to have a wine on this show that i don't like Room temperature passion apple pie is the. Move. I was to
1: say here is I was to say is it the room temperature? Is it the fact that you've already been drinking all day, or you know, not all day, but you, you said be prepared for drunk Jordan on this show? So,
0: <laughs> no, I, that is a. It's not overpowering. It's not too much. Uh, solid hints of 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 cinnamon and just apple and. Man, no, it's definitely it's definitely the room temperatureness of it because. When I had it cold, I was like this is the world. I I couldn't have a I couldn't finish a glass. Room temperature though, I can definitely I like a sweeter wine too. I I've learned that I like a sweeter wine. So, um yeah. Oh man, that's that's solid. I would I would drink that room temperature though. Remember, room temperature. I'm
1: I'm not my, I definitely want to try that. I'm going to have to order that on my next order.
0: Not my not my absolute favorite, but it's 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 drinkable if that makes sense. So, yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. By the way, I hope you yeah, my... know when
1: I was reviewing mine, when I say acrid, again, I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean slightly acrid, and I love that. Just having that little hint of, like, maybe, like, slightly unpleasant. Maybe it's, like, a little torture I have of myself or something. I think it's great. I love this reserve wine. I think it's so good. It, this, is, this isn't this is my favorite Luvabella wine simply because I like the bourbon barrel aged Merlot, the best, bar none. Um, but, uh, this is very good.
0: Very good. I'm going to have to try the bourbon, uh, Merlot.
1: You've got to, man. The, bur especially get it like, um, get it not over the summer, get it more in like the cooler months because living in Vegas, uh, it got shipped during the hotter months. And so I think it affected the flavor. I liked the bourbon barrel aged Merlot better the first time I had it. Then the second time I had it, simply because it was so hot, I think it changed the flavor profile. Like, when I pulled it out of the box, I was hot. And the cork was actually starting to come out a little bit just because Mm. in Vegas, it's so hot. Um, It was still amazingly good. I love it. But uh, for you, Jordan, order it when it gets to the fall. That'll be awesome.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Make it your playoff wine.
0: Yes. Playoff wine. Absolutely. But... uh... But yeah, my uh, my wine about it, like my wine about it, was gonna be what your wine about it was. It's yeah. uh, people unable to analyze reality, uh, accept reality. It's it's I don't get it. I'm not gonna try to get it. People people just they they live that way and they understand that way. Um, I. So my my official whine about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little mulligan here, hmm. is uh, um people jumping the gun when it comes to the how good someone is. And part of it, I mean, obviously I, I've made my statements and I continue to make my statements on Ross Chastain and people saying that he's elite. I tweeted out earlier this week or earlier today, actually. I said Bubba Wallace has the exact same number of wins as Ross Chastain. He and and it's they're they're actually very similar. They both have a super speedway win, which I consider illegitimate, and they have a legitimate win. Bubba Wallace was a runaway win in his win, which was an actual legitimate win, whereas Ross Chastain needed to direct people to get his win. Um but let's stop jumping the gun on who on what constitutes elite. What what constitutes very good. Um, let's just, let's stop doing that. Ross Chastain is not elite. Bubba Wallace is not elite. I'm not, I'm not tweeting these thoughts to sit here and say that Bubba Wallace is elite. I'm trying to say that there are very few drivers in the field that are elite. And no matter what, stats or what numbers you want to pull that makes you think that they're elite, like Ross Chastain leading the point standings. No, that like, okay. If you're going by that, if you're saying that Ross Chastain is elite because he's leading the point standings and because he, he did that insane move at Martinsville to get into the final four, which by the way, he would not have been in the final four. If he did not do that move, let's get that straight. He would not have been in the final four. Uh, He would not have finished second in the points. If you did not do that system
1: a little bit, yeah, it it, sort of game. system. I mean, it was fair, but at the same time, then the only time it's ever been done. And then they had to shut
0: that down. Exactly. If you sit here and say that Ross Chastain is elite because he's leading the points right now, then Kyle Larson is the 11th best driver in the field. You have the, you can't, there's no, there's no, well, 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 no. If you are solely saying that Ross Chastain is elite because he's leading the points, then Kyle Larson is 11th and let's just stop, stop jumping the gun on these people. We see it too much. Just like Ty Gibbs is not elite. Ty Gibbs has the potential to be elite. Ross Chastain has the potential to be elite. They are not elite. I have they're not elite.
1: What is Tyler Reddick elite? No, I didn't think so. Um, is Ryan Blaney elite? No, I don't think so. Good. Uh, is I Kevin I Harvest reserve elite. elite. Right, now?
0: right now, no. Was he yeah. elite? Yes.
1: Uh, was he absolutely hundred? Oh, gazillion percent. There's very I few elite drivers right now.
0: Who Who are your elite drivers right now?
1: Right now, obviously Kyle Larson. And
0: Kyle Larson, and the guy yes. could have,
1: guy, guy could have won five or six races. Obviously, we have to put in William Byron, given he would be not only the points, I'm, I'm right
0: know, there with you, yep, but
1: also the all the wins, the, all the stage wins.
0: I mean, he's kicking
1: everybody's ass in stage points. Now I know Ross is second, and so that's an argument in his favor there, but that's not my point. Like the whole point is Byron is so far ahead of everybody this year; he's elite. I don't know if I have a third elite driver.
0: I would say... I think you could argue year- a couple others. I would say two years ago, uh, Chase Elliott, 100% elite. Now?
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: I am i don't think he is. Um, A yeah, lot of that I-
1: probably comes down to his injury. I will give him that. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Can't really argue for Denny Hamlin right now. Can't really argue for Truex right now. Christopher Bell is a very unique case. He's kind of borderline elite. Um, You know, he has a lot of wins. He has as many wins almost as I think as anybody in the last calendar year.
0: Okay. Uh, Here. here, here. So last 36 races. Leaders and wins. There are five drivers with four. Tyler Reddick, Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott. Mm-hmm. William Byron is sitting there with third, with three. Yeah. Kyle Bush Because has he, two. Was Remember, he was testing
1: last year. Remember, because he was testing last year. Because he already mm. had his two wins. It's like if we go back to the beginning of last year, like in the next gen <laughs> car,
0: Byron has five wins. So here is my 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 final point on elite. Okay. We saw Jimmy Johnson be elite for all those years. We saw Jeff Gordon be elite for all those years. I don't think that there is more than one or two drivers for multiple two one two three years at a time that can be considered elite because this field, I agree th- these, these, these cars are so equal. These, this talent is so equal right now. I don't think that you can place anybody into the elite category outside of someone like a Kyle Larson or what we're seeing this year with William Byron. Totally. William Byron this year is elite. Kyle yes. Larson this year, despite his struggles, is elite. But guys like Ross Chastain, they're not elite. Guys like Tyler Reddick, they're not elite. They're like, good.
1: We're not saying they're bad. They're, we're just They're, they're not very
0: good. Yes, Ross Chastain is very good. And I will sit here, and I've said it. I've said it for the last month. I said, Ross Chastain rattles off three wins. I will start talking about him as being elite. Until then, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's, that's not what happens. No.
1: 100% agree with you.
0: But yeah, this this uh, this race car is definitely... As we as NASCAR wanted and as NASCAR expected and, and as we've seen has closed the gap, but at the same time there are still a couple drivers that are a little bit head and shoulders above everybody else. Now, with that being said, do I ever see the point um or or do I ever see drivers getting to that point of being truly this far ahead of 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 the rest of the field? No. I don't I think those days are gone. We're not going to see it. Could Kyle Larson get there? That. Yes. Could could William Byer, Byron get there? Maybe. I think the best chance though is, is Kyle Larson.
1: A healthy Chase Elliott again as well, I think is is certainly possible. Um Yeah. I mean, he was he was the guy last year. Uh there's no doubt about that. He was the best driver last year. But I I agree. I think it's I think it's those three hundred guys. I think Christopher Bell can get there. Uh, he's so consistent. He just I needs agree. that like little extra. I think Tyler Reddick can get there. I, especially if you win on JGR, not twenty three eleven. I think Tyler yeah. Reddick could get there. But at the same time, then you get all these guys eating into each other. So who really becomes elite? But I I do agree with you. I think we need to adjust our definition of elite for the times instead of being Jimmy Johnson dominant or Jeff Gordon dominant or Dale Earnhardt dominant, maybe you have to be like slightly below that level of dominance dominant. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. and to be elite because there's so much more parody now than there was, even when Jimmy Johnson was amazing, even when Jeff Gordon was amazing. And especially back in the day, Dale Earnhardt, you know, Kelly Arboros, uh, Darrell Waltrips. There was a handful of elite, absolutely hundred percent elite, elite drivers, but, um, it's, they didn't have as much competition as they have now. And so we kind of have to readjust our definition of elite as well.
0: I think that's the best way to put it is, and I think that's where I struggle with, with whether these drivers are elite or not, like someone like a Tyler Reddick. He's just, he does not have the consistency to me to be elite, but does he have the talent and the potential? Absolutely. I don't think anybody can argue that.
1: And he only has one win outside of a road course, which I'm not taking that away from him, but it is very much a specific specialty as far as his wins have come. You know, He probably could or should have one or two more on actual ovals, and it hasn't worked out. So I'm not totally discrediting that side of things. But right now, three of his four wins are on road courses. It's a very specific kind of win that he's had by and large.
0: And, you know, obviously people can say Chase Elliott is, was the absolute number one on road courses, but here's the, here's the fact of the matter. He has two wins at Dover. He has a win at Pocono. He has a win at Phoenix. He has a win at Nashville. He has a win at Martinsville. Like, that is the difference between a guy like Tyler Reddick and a guy like Chase Elliott.
1: Absolutely. Kansas. I mean, you name it. Yeah. He's got some super speedway wins, which I know you don't count, but like as a whole body of work it's better if you win a couple super speedways than don't right like martin Trick Jr.'s never won a super speedway that's kind of a knock on him you'd think after 50 60 tries you'd win one
0: it, it, see, i see that's the difference with me though i don't consider that a knock i
1: like, don't consider it a knock but what I'm saying is you can't knock a driver for winning six super speedways like how how can we say just like like if blaney has six, six super speed wins they don't count because they do. He's specifically, especially good at that type of racing. Why? Why the does Matrix Jr. have six wins?
0: <laughs> I guess the way I look at it, like, and the reason that I say that Chastain's win, you know, Super Speedo win is illegitimate, is because like Trevor Baines won a Daytona 500. Like, of
1: course, I I totally Tre- agree with you. But what I'm saying is if you have two guys who have 50 super speedways under their belt, one of them has zero wins and one of them has six wins. That's not a lack of skill. That's not six flukes versus,
0: yeah, you know, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, like eventually the sample size becomes enough. It's not completely unpredictive super speedways, right? If it was, we'd have more JJ Yaley's and BJ McLeod's winning, but we don't. Um, yeah. We'd have more, Michael McDowell's winning, but we don't, right? Like, Michael McDowell has only won one super speed race for all the hype he gets. He's not mm. actually that good at super speed race. He's good at surviving, but he's not good at taking the lead. Right. He only um, won the race because he led one lap because the two guys in front of him wrecked him on the last lap of the race. He would not have won that race if if Logano and Kozlowski didn't take each other out. And yeah. all of a sudden, he's 40-1 to one across all the books because he <laughs> won... One fluke ass race. So I agree with you on the illegitimate part on that. What I'm saying is we can't take away though the fact that there are some guys who are just fucking good at super speedways, and we can't totally discount that. We can't say that it doesn't count.
0: Well, and and Keslowski's a good, you know, example there. Yeah. Very good. He was he was great at Talladega earlier in his career and, and he ended up, you know, he he's obviously mm-hmm. had a Hall of Fame career overall. So mm-hmm. there are certain drivers, um, but I guess my biggest point is if you're making the point that oh, he has a couple wins and they're both super speedway wins or one of them's a super speedway wins, I'm I'm not oh, gonna hundred percent you know, I, like,
1: I yeah, exactly.
0: That's that's where I have an issue.
1: Absolutely. No, I definitely agree with that. I'm just saying I can't completely discount every super speedway win. I yeah, think and as a, I'm part of a body of work. It. Uh, yeah, you are, and and I think you're you know you're right on target there though. If it's if it's a one win Super Speedway, that's more of a fluke than anything, than if it's part of a consistent body of work of Super Speed Super Speedway wins, which is why I actually do like kind of credit Chase Elliott with all those Super Speedway wins because he's done it and done it and done it, just like I credit him with all those road courses. But to your point, he's also won at Dover, at Kansas, at this, that, the other track, right? So it's not. It's not like he's fluking one type of track either. Whereas Reddick right. is more I'm not saying Reddick's fluking those. He's so good at those. But it's only those essentially outside of one win so far. So it, it it's a very it's a fun debate and you make like excellent points on all of this because I think what it takes to be elite is being great everywhere. And maybe that's the one knocking Kyle Larson. He's never won a super speedway, right? And he's actually kind of bad at them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's never, yeah, you never, we've never talked about Kyle Larson, like, I can't remember the last Super Speedway race in the last 10 laps where we're like, oh, Kyle Larson could win this, and knowing me, he, it, it's probably been like Talladega this year, Daytona this year, where he was up there, but, um, but yeah, he's, again, though, I don't, I just don't think it's a knock, but it's, it's definitely a debate as far as elite goes and and 100% I think the definition of elite is completely changed. And and I I honestly probably need to adjust my definition of elite because my thinking is still I I feel like a boomer right now. I I my mindset is still stuck in how it was and not how it is. Yeah. So Oh, I agree with you. Um, I totally
1: agree with you.
0: But yeah. That is going to wrap up this week's wine about it. Though, make sure you check out. And guys, I wanted, I wanted to shit on this wine so much, but I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. I wanted to. I was so, I was, I was so pumped up to like be like, this wine is fucking awful, and and here I am. I'm, I maybe I'll maybe I'll order wine.
1: a wine I know I will dislike and just review. Right, like I, I, I know
0: for a fact when I when I drink like the, the that wine or or the the bourbon barrel. I don't think you'll I, like know, I, I know I'm not going to like them
1: so I think you will like the bourbon barrel aged merlot if
0: you like bourbon I don't like bourbon so <laughs> oh, well
1: then you're not going to like that
0: fuck that never mind. exactly uh, but yeah check out Luvabella wines livabella.com or I think it's Luvabella wine uh, find them you'll you, you'll find the link I tweeted it out I put it in the YouTube video find them in stores get them shipped to you do something uh, I know there's Luvabella.com. Of... Yes,
1: there and, and and here's the thing. Here's the thing. They can ship to you. You can order online. Uh, I see people like, oh, we don't have them in New York or wherever, or you know wherever. They can still, you can still order online and have them shipped to you. I'm pretty sure, right? Yes, as long yes. as like so, as
0: long as your state accepts it or online. whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I think you get uh you get a discount if you if you order a full case online too. So. Um, we need a uh,
1: we need a stacking Denny's discount code. Let's talk to them about that.
0: Ooh, yes, I will do that because I feel like yeah. I feel like there's plenty of people on on Twitter that have ordered this wine or or tried this wine. So
1: yeah, there there I've seen several, and you know they're awesome. They they support us. They support all the NASCAR stuff. Uh, I mean they they were sponsoring Malazi. Uh, so they are very, very, very wonderful people to work with and very supportive. And for real, like Jordan and I review, give our honest reviews of these wines. And by and large, we've been incredibly positive about the specific wines. We all have our own tastes, but I think I guarantee, I can guarantee you will find something you like from Lufabella wines.
0: Mm -hmm. 100%. But that's going to wrap up this week's Wine About It um we're getting into gateway worldwide, worldwide technology, technology.
1: <laughs> we didn't play that at all race i hate
0: anything. i hate this this track name um me too it's gateway whatever um to be fair this actually
1: it? produced a pretty good race last year uh as far as you know the racing itself but the, the track name is ridiculous
0: yeah i didn't watch last week's or last year's race I remember because was... that was
1: the race where Ross – that's where the whole Ross Denny stuff started. And then he trashed. hit Chase as well. And this is this is so funny because this is the race where Denny Hammond and Chase Elliott came together to tag team Ross Chastain. And now, once again, Denny Hammond and Chase Elliott are mortal enemies. So it's all coming full circle at Gateway oh gosh. here. Chase Elliott suspended. This is the track where the Denny Ross beef started. Chase Elliott had beef with Ross there. The best part about this was when Ross wrecked Denny. And When he wrecked Chase Elliott Both Denny and Chase Elliott Hounded the shit out of him But didn't touch him once But they made his life hella difficult And that's how you get payback That's how you get payback You make somebody's life difficult as fuck Now did it work? I don't necessarily think so Because I believe Ross finished still like 6th or 8th Or somewhere up there But uh, at the same time he was a top 4 or 5 car that day And would have finished a lot better
0: Yeah, so looking at last year's results, Joey Logano got the win. Kyle Busch probably had the best car all day. He led the most laps. He finished second. Kurt Busch finished third. Ryan Blaney, Eric Amarillo rounding out the top five. As far as lap leaders, Kyle Busch, 66. Truex, 42. Michael McDowell led 34 laps in that race. Chase Briscoe led 27. He started on the pole. Austin Cedric, who started second, led 26 laps. And then Logano, who won the race, led 22. Um, you know, obviously we have one, one race to go off of uh, as far as previous data from gateway, uh, in the cup series, um, wh- what kind of tracks are we looking at as far as similar data to look at? Um, you know, short flat says Phoenix, Richmond, New Hampshire. New
1: sure. Hampshire, yeah.
0: But uh, then you get, as you've alluded like... to the, uh, the, the weird part about this week is the package intermediate package running this week, as opposed to the short track package, which, you know, I tweeted out earlier today. I'm like, I wonder if books are going to overreact to Ryan Blaney's win at Charlotte and whether they're going to, because Penske has not been good on the short flat tracks this year, but at the same time that has been the short track package. So what are we looking like this, this race? I have no, I have no interest in betting this race before I see any on-track activity. I don't know about you, but... Well, you make the key point
1: here, and I actually made sure to look into this. I have something in my eye, so if I'm just, like, doing stupid shit on the YouTube video, it's because I have something in my eye. Um, but... Uh, so, I, as far as similar tracks, and I don't think this is necessarily the best way to go about this, um, I'll get to your point here, what you were mentioning, because this is going to be my point. But... I guess if we want to look at similar tracks, we're not gonna look at similar tracks this year, we're gonna look at Gateway last year, we're gonna look at New Hampshire, cause last year we had this same arrow package, yeah. but we also had it at New Hampshire. We also had it at Phoenix, we also had it at Nashville, we also had it at you know, these similar-ish tracks. Darlington, right? Like Joey Logano won Darlington and Gateway because they're both eggy shaped or or true ovally shaped and similar in length, like one and a quarter, one and a third. So, I don't know, I think we use some of these things from last year, not necessarily this year, given the fact that we have the aero change on. Maybe we can use Darlington a little bit, but they're totally different in tire wear, so it doesn't even really help. Like, Darlington tire wear is massive. Gateway tire wear, is it's a newer track as far as its surface, so it's, they're not going to be comparable. So, what I'm going to look at is... I'm probably not betting a whole lot earlier this week. Like you said, I'm waiting for practice because look what happened last year. Practice mattered. Practice mattered a whole fucking lot last year. Blaney and Logano were really good in 5-10 and 10 lap average. They finished both in the top five. Ross Chastain should have finished in the top five. He was really good. Eric Jones had great practice times. He finished in the top ten. Uh, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, that, these guys all that practiced really well Finished really well. and Ran really well. So I'm waiting for practice. Uh, I I might make a bet or two here or there if there's some ridiculous, stupid value, which we'll probably end up finding. And I'm going to have to record Running Hot, so I can't just have no picks. I might be – I might get four leans this week on Running Hot. Uh, but uh, at the same time, those, this would be the direction I'm kind of leaning and waiting to see for practice. But uh, I have very little interest in betting this race early unless something really stands out.
0: Yeah, and, you know, if we're looking at at short, flat, going back to Phoenix, William Byron had the best car in that race. He ended up uh, – or actually, Larson had the best car at Phoenix, but, uh, you know, Byron ended up getting the win. Kevin Harvick's always strong at short flats, as is Christopher Bell. Tyler Reddick finished third in that race. Ryan Blaney, he had a good car that race. He finished second. He did not have a second-place car. Uh, it's the typical guys, you know, if we're looking at short, flat tracks that – we're good. And that's, that's another part or a point that I'm trying to make, you know, Logano won this race last year, but Penske does not have the speed this year, this year. It so far it's been Hendrick motorsports again. And the typical guys, Kevin Harvick, Christopher bell. If I'm going to fire on anyone early on in the week, it's going to be, if they somehow make Kevin Harvick, Christopher bell longer then I might consider it. But I just don't yep. see it happening. And I don't I don't think any odds are out as we're talking right now. You know, obviously, race just got over Coca-Cola 600 on Monday. I don't think any, I mean, Westgate any book posted has... at, uh,
1: Westgate posted seven hours ago. It was more than seven hours ago. They posted before the Chase Elliott news. And they literally posted about 10 minutes before the Chase Elliott news. And they beat Bob Pocris and Twitter to the Chase Elliott news because um, – or to the, at least the Corey LoJoy part of the news because – They'd already shortened Corey LaJoy to 40 before the news came out about Corey LaJoy. So, I mean, that's why they're the best. They're the premier sports book in the world, Westgate Superbook. But uh, those are the only lines I've seen so far. Um, Caesars actually is up now. So, if you go to their motorsports section and then you go to like other, Caesars has odds up for outrights now. But those are the only ones at this point, uh, as far as I've seen. I haven't checked everything and I'm not gonna. Well, now actually, Caesars is no longer under other. Now it's under the NASCAR section. But uh, so, Caesars, William Hill, um, and then Westgate Superbook are the two I've seen so far. Uh, if we look at Caesars, Christopher Bell 11 to 1, uh, Kevin Harvick 10 to 1. So, I'd certainly be much more interested in Bell than Harvick because I think Bell's run better overall this year um and in last year and I, i just think that jgr team is better and this is his track type not that it isn't kevin harvick's track type but uh if we look at westgate superbook harvick is 12 and bell is 10 so if you wanted to shop around if you're in a superbook state like i know you are jordan you can get harvick at 12 and bell at 11
0: i don't hate i don't hate bell at 11 i really don't
1: i don't at all i don't hate that um it just comes down to you know uh, are they going to roll off good and are they going to practice well it's a, remember it's a 300 mile race it's not a 4 or 500 mile race so it's more important to roll that's off a, well which is also why i think practice
0: matters a little more here that is yes that is a very good point um but i feel like you know caesar's usually has shit odds and that's why i'm kind of excited to see what the other books offer because right now they have harvick at 10 hamlin at 10 truex at 10 Bell at eleven. Like, I feel like those. I understand that Larson and Byron are rightfully the favorites, but I don't think there's that big of a gap for those to be Larson four to one billion or Byron Byron plus five fifty, and then all of a sudden you jump ten to one to, to ten Herbert to one Hammond. on everybody else. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's like that's if I you know well, gun to my head.
1: So super book has Larson five Byron seven. And then everybody else ten or longer, so that's even better, right? Instead of four and right. five and fifty, five and seven, and then everybody else is ten or longer. But you're right; like I, it just seems way too long. Um, I'm also curious, somebody about like an Eric Almirola. I think he finished fifth last year, and you know these tracks are kind of good for him in general. But he's fifty at Caesars, he's forty at Superbook. Uh, so like early week, I'm not interested in these things. But there's Definitely drivers I'm like, you know, gonna keep an eye on. Remember last year I said Eric Jones was top 10 in speed the whole race, the whole weekend. He's 200 to 1 right now. Now, granted, and we talked about this, this was a point I made this past week, which you retweeted. Uh Legacy Motor Club has been better at the intermediates, but worse on, on this shorter, flatter track package. But now we have like a combination
0: yeah. where we have like a yeah. short,
1: flat, but an intermediate package. Like what happens there? uh Ricky Stenhouse Jr uh, this this he's 1. like does this play into his hands at all he's been like he was good at Richmond right until he crashed for no reason of his own um or had problems or whatever it was it, 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 there's some long shots that are interesting that I'm not gonna bet as like outrights but I think would make great top 10 maybe ridiculous top five odds type deal but mm-hmm. at the same time. Based off what we saw last year, we should wait for practice. The problem is books will be able to adjust, but they tend to adjust more for qualifying than they adjust for practice. So we'll have to see.
0: And also books like uh FanDuel, they tend to leave stuff open reach, during practice. Leave stuff yeah. open during practice. You know, if they leave it open for the first half of practice, I mean you just mm-hmm. have to be quick and, and to... be able to analyze those those practice speeds as they're going on.
1: Yep. Yeah, we have the uh, FanDuel in Nevada. We have the FanDuel equivalent, which is Boyd. They always have the same lines. They always have live odds, et cetera, the same, like literally identical odds makers. I think it's the same odds provider for both of them. I don't think they just rip FanDuel lines. I think there's like kind of like the candy books. They all have an odds provider, which is Canby. Um, I think Boyd and FanDuel have the same thing here in Nevada.
0: Hmm.
1: But I, I mean, it's the same thing. I'll see Boyd lines open live during practice.
0: Yeah, so looking at green flag speed last year, um, Kyle Busch was number one. Blaney, Logano, Almirola, Truex was top five. Some surprise, though, number six, Austin Sendrick, who finished 11th. He was sixth in green flag speed at at Gateway last year. Is he someone to keep an eye on this year? But once again... Penske was a lot better. At, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the same
1: thing with Eric Jones, right? Like they were, he was so good yeah. last year, but the, this team has taken legacy has taken a step back at these types of tracks. So, oh that was the other thing, like Austin Sindrick had a really good five, 10 lap average. It was basically him blaney Logano one, two, three, in whatever order he won a stage. He won stage one last year in this race. Um, he, he started second, ended up winning the stage. And I think he got around chase Brusco for the stage one win So, there's potential here, but the problem is you have to roll off the truck good here to do that. So, tough to say. I don't think it's going to be a a bad track for him at all, but it's like, is this going to be a bad bad track for Penske because of the shorter, flatter issue, or is it going to be more like the intermediate package where they still haven't been great, but at least they've been better, especially if the weather conditions permit. Now, this is going to be an important track because... uh, you know, we have the shorter, flatter deal, a mile and a quarter. What helps you get through these corners? Grip, downforce, that kind of thing. So we're going to have to look at the weather conditions as well. I think that'll tell us a lot going into the weekend. So, you know, if I look at uh, Gateway, Illinois, weather, if I just Google that real quick, um, seven day forecasts, let me click over here. Yeah, it's looking pretty hot. <laughs> looking pretty hot. Um. Yeah, Sunday I see 93 degree temperatures. Jesus. That's not going to help the Penske's.
0: Uh-uh. At least there's no rain in the forecast, though, is there? And even like Saturday with practice and qualifying, I think. No,
1: absolutely no rain in the forecast, I think, for any of these. I mean, we're talking four, five, seven, two 2% on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Friday, right? Like, what I think this will help is the Gibbs cars because they've been so good with tire wear, long run speed, right? So I think this could be a Gibbs race on Sunday with some Hendrix, of course, mixed in. I mean, there's no doubt Kyle Larson and William Byron will be in the mix. Maybe Ross Chastain and uh, will be in the mix. I don't know. Uh, but I think we're looking at a Gibbs long run type race.
0: That's uh, so. That was one interesting thing last year was Kyle Larson wasn't that good. He was 14th in green flag speed. He finished 12th. Uh, currently, Superbook has Truex versus Larson. Truex at plus 120. That's the only one That I was looking at that kind of, you know, jumped out at me like, yeah, I I could bet that, you know, it's, it's like,
1: I could get on board with that that for sure. I can get on board with that. Actually, that might be one of my early bets. Uh, And, and again, we're going to, it's two weeks in a row. I'm going to the physics because the only reason I'm going to the physics this week is because we don't really know as much what to expect Charlotte, everybody felt like they knew what to expect, and I specifically had this physics angle. I had to pl- I told you Monday, before we recorded Stacking dunnies on Tuesday, and it dropped on Wednesday. I was ready with this physics angle. Um, I didn't plan this one. I, this is like you and I are kind of figuring it out in real time as we're talking. And I think this is going to very much play into JGR's hands and or some of the Chevy drivers slash teams i don't i don't think it's going to be as good for the Penske's. it does help that it is the intermediate package it certainly helps the Penske's in that regard because that's a little more downforce generated a little less sliding through the corners but uh this could be uh this could be another chevy slash toyota race for sure
0: and i don't think anybody would be surprised by that because you know Toyota's obviously it makes me like jug- bell
1: 11 one more
0: too i ah, man i I might end up fucking betting that and I don't want to. <laughs> I, I exactly, exactly, dude. That's the whole
1: problem with this race. Is like that feels like the best bet or one of the best bets, but we don't just
0: we don't really want to pull the trigger. Right. And I, I keep like comparing it, you know, if we were at New Hampshire or I'm just gonna use New Hampshire, would I be jumping it at, at Christopher Bell at eleven to one? Probably not. Absolutely. Like I'm not Oh,
1: not? Uh, New Hampshire, Chris Bell's—that's one of his best tracks.
0: Period. I know, but like eleven to eleven to one to me is fringe. If he's in the team, I'd be all I'm over Bell probably...
1: at eleven to one at, at New Hampshire. Okay. If we get New Hampshire and he's eleven to one, I'm betting him right away.
0: Did you did you say Camby books already open? They have Harvick at thirteen.
1: I have. I didn't look at Camby books. Um, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, let me check that out. I was pulling up FanDuel, but they haven't posted yet. But yeah, no. I mean, look at Christopher Bell. He won New Hampshire last year. He finished second in New Hampshire the year before. If we go to Xfinity, he won New Hampshire, dominated, led the most laps all three years. Uh, New, New Hampshire was his best Look at the Truck very, Series. Truck Series first and second uh, dominated, led the most laps in the race one. won. New Hampshire is literally his best track. <laughs>
0: New Hampshire was not a good example for me to for me to talk about Christopher (laughs) Bell there. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Yeah. Um, But yeah. um, For anybody that just wants that's only listening for our bets, if I had to bet someone right now, it'd be Christopher Bell eleven to one. I think I think Nick's on that as well.
1: I agree. I I, I'm not. I haven't. I I'm not necessarily sure. I will. I might. I just kind of need to dig in more. You know, obviously my models run, but, like, really look into things. and uh,
0: That X. Truex. Truex is there for me. You know, you look at the fastest cars here last year. It's Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, top three. Kyle Busch isn't in that car anymore. Ryan oh. Blaney, Joey Logano have taken a step back this year on the short flats. Okay, that eliminates those three. Then you got Eric Amarola, who was in fourth. He ain't winning this race. Well, he could, but as far as I like mean. true true contenders, he's not gonna be there. Then it's Truex, who was in fifth, already said I liked him. Sindrick, don't think he's there. Again, Penske, and then Bell. So that's why I like Christopher Bell. This is my thinking on is Bell. Is
1: this an Alex Bowman thirty to one race?
0: Is Alex Bowman thirty to one?
1: At the Canby Books. You 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 were mentioning that they're up. He's thirty to one at the Canby Books. Is he not uninjured enough? Or you know, Bubba's thirty. I don't know. I'm just
0: just Briscoe's thirty.
1: Yeah, but fuck that guy. I mean, he's it's the intermediate package.
0: <laughs> I I
1: cannot get on board with Briscoe right now. Not fuck him. Like I hate him. I like him. I like Chase Briscoe. I think he's fun. But uh, in terms of betting him at thirty, yeah, I can't do that. No chance. Is this a Corey LaJoy forty to one race?
0: <laughs> I'd love to. That that's the only thing I want to see this weekend is Corey Lajoy win. I yeah. would
1: uh, this oh, is a I'd great be... week to not bet.
0: Yep. I agree 100%. Like there's your betting analysis I would people. rather
1: I would rather see Christopher Bell be fast in practice and bet him 8 to 1 than bet him right now at 11 to 1. I will say that. I agree with that. Cuz that's more data, that's more assurance that's going to affect my model. And I think if he's fast in practice, I believe he will be even better value at eight to one in my model than he is at eleven to one right now, which is, by my model, super thin value.
0: Um What about a guy like Tyler Reddick?
1: He's oh yeah, I mean he's interesting to me too. Uh it's <sighs> Uh, to be fair, though, I think I'd rather have Bubba at 30 than Reddick at, what, 16
0: or something? Reddick's at... He's 13 at Cambie Bucks.
1: 16 at Caesars. Um, so 16 is the longest you can find Reddick at, and 30 is the longest you can find Bubba at. So this is one of those things where I don't think there's as much of a difference between Bubba and Reddick, especially here, where I would be like okay I'll bet Reddick 16. If I wanted to bet somebody from the 2311 camp, I'd just bet Bubba 30.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not there on Bubba. I
1: I'm not either. But that makes me also not there on Reddick.
0: <laughs> right. Um I wish there was like I wish we had any top 10s odds, but obviously, you know, books are being Slow. So, um,
1: Superbook has, like you said, race matchups. It has that Truex plus one twenty versus Larson. It has a Bell, Hamlin, Harvick, Chastain group. Not really interested in betting that group. Blaney, Logano, Reddick, Kyle Busch. I think maybe uh, looking at Reddick or Kyle Busch there could be interesting if if the Penske struggle, especially with the heat. I think a Reddit Kyle Bush, one of those two, or maybe both of them make sense. Of course, it's hard to risk 200 bucks to win, you know, to lose one of those 100 bucks and then make 280 or 285. The, how about this fucking bet? This group, Bowman, Briscoe, Keselowski, Bubba. Like, I feel like ordinarily I just smash Bowman in this group.
0: Even then, though, I, I can't I can't rule out Keselowski.
1: I agree with you. Oh, I totally agree with you. I'm just saying. Ordinarily, I feel like I'd I'd smash Bowman. No back injury concerns. Yeah, but it, it's the issue of the track versus the package. If this was a short track package, we'd have a lot more clarity here. Um, it would actually help Chase Briscoe. But without it. It's a lot tougher. Suarez, Almirola, Gibbs, Busher is a group. Uh, I don't really see anything I want to bet there. Maybe Ty Gibbs at 3-1. to one. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, Almirola is good at these types of tracks, like we said. And then, not a shitbox group, but a bottom middle tier group. Gilliland, Gregson, Burton, McDowell.
0: That's tough. <laughs> that is tough. Like, I don't I, I just don't want to make any bets this week. I would what are the, what are the odds on McDowell there?
1: McDowell's plus two seventy. Um, so in a four car group. I mean the, the juice is winning here. Gillen's two sixty, Burton's two seventy, McDowell's two seventy, and Gregson's two eighty five. And three to one would be average. So they're getting hold on every single driver.
0: I can't believe Gillen's uh, the favorite there.
1: I can't either. I mean, I get I get, he's going back to the 38, but I still can't believe he's the favorite there. It's a great track room, but I don't think it's a bad track for Burton or McDowell and Gregson. I don't think it's a bad track for any of them. And if anything, hot and slick. Gregson loves hot and slick conditions. But I think it tends to be more on steeper type tracks.
0: Yeah. So McDowell this year, thirteenth um, at Phoenix, nineteenth at Martinsville, sixth at Richmond. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's a that's McDowell all the way in that group. If I yeah, had to bet it,
1: I agree with that. I uh, the only thing I would question is the weather. It is going oh, yeah. to be hot. And it doesn't that does not help the Fords. But I think I agree. With you. I think you gotta go with McDowell if you pick something from that group or Gregson. But it makes me just not I like I, I the more I look at this, the less interested I'm in in, in betting. Here, here's one. What about Toyota plus two forty five? I'd take that. It's Chevy, it's Chevy one ten, Ford two forty five, Toyota two forty five.
0: Why is Fort? What?
1: I mean, they have more cars, right, than Toyota, but I, I don't know. I think they're looking too much at last year and not enough at what's happening this year.
0: Yeah. Give me, like, yeah. Give me Bell at 11 to 1 and, and Toyota. 245. Those
1: are probably, I agree. I think those are probably the two best bets. And, and like you said, Truex over Larson. Plus one twenty. Like there's things out there, but again, at the same time, a lot of these are pretty thin value.
0: Yeah, it's there are there are bets out here that I'm leaning, but not not a single one of these has been like a previous week where we're like we're betting it literally we're betting it live as we're, on air as, <laughs> as, we're, as we're recording this. I have not bet anything, and I have no intention to. Um, maybe bell, but that's about it. So. That's just how it is with Gateway this week. It's how it is with these new tracks and this, you know, short track package. The good thing is, though, like like you said, the forecast looks good. It looks like we should get practice qualifying in. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, we're we're getting the whole race weekend in. There's no delays here for for Gateway.
0: That's good. Eliza's um, getting
1: getting in. There's no no rain concerns there. That's awesome. He got fucked on that one race, Martinsville, with the rain and the shortened race and then the electrical issue, battery whatever it
0: was. Mhm. All right, you got anything else for Gateway? No, might be that
1: time to uh tweet my random fantasy racing pick. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Is yep. it going to be the nine? What are the odds? Like normally it would be one in 36 would be the odds, but this feels more like one in four that I'm going to get the nine. Right. Yeah. Here goes. <gasps> I got the 31 of Justin Damn it. Haley.
0: Justin Sorry, Haley. Justin Haley, who just set the record for the most uh, miles run in, in NASCAR a in a single day. Yeah. He I think he had a
1: decent race
0: here last year if I
1: remember correctly. I, I honestly don't.
0: Almendinger did. Almondinger finished 10th. Um uh, Haley finished Haley finished 14th. 14th, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a uh, maybe that's an angle here. Maybe we look at Oh.
0: The, so, I think the, I think the dock block went uh tra- cuz I just clicked your link and clicked mine. Mm. And guess who I got?
1: Oh, my God. You <laughs> got the nine.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm tweeting this out. There
1: we go. Oh my God. <laughs> That's insane. I didn't even spell things correctly because I was so excited.
0: This is awesome. That is the real doc block. Yep.
1: By the way, click my link, not Jordan's.
0: <laughs> yes, please don't click my link. I'm deleting my tweet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, looking at the influencer cup standing, I'm still in fourth. But the gap is closed from over 50 down to 45. So That's... we got to get on our game here. It is uh, Toby Christie's, I wouldn't say protege, but his employee, Joe Sirigli, who is on my heels. Shout out to Toby Christie. He uh, had a birthday today as we're recording this. So happy birthday, Toby Christie. I have a feeling I will be meeting him soon. Um, Jordan, you don't even know this. I'm going to the Richmond race July 30th, the cup nice. race. Yeah. So Action Network has a deal with BetMGM. Uh, and we will be there at the race. Uh, you know, BetMGM sponsors running hot. So we will be at the Richmond race July 30th.
0: That's exciting. I might come and crash your party. You
1: should. You would be Richmond. more than more than welcome. I'm sure we would get you hot pass and all that stuff. All the all the deal. I'm um I can talk to them. If you can literally if you can work it out, I'm sure we can work it out.
0: Yeah, it's I don't think Richmond's that far of a drive for me, so No, it's twist not that my hard. arm some um, more, bud.
1: <laughs> so the only issue so I I mean I used to live in Virginia, North Carolina, that area, and drive to mid-Ohio. Now you're a little further into Ohio closer to Indiana than mid-Ohio. Um, but also Richmond's further north than Raleigh was when I would make that drive pretty frequently. So let's do Richmond, Virginia to uh, I know your city don't you don't need to say it on air. Um, but uh, let me pull up the, the maps here. sorry just give me a second it's being stupid it is <laughs> looks like about eight and a half hours nine hours if I have that right
0: it's nothing it's nope. an easy drive exactly <laughs>
1: I mean you drove to Martinsville right yep yeah Martinsville's closer Richmond will be a little bit longer but same idea.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to make that work. Get to Richmond. We'll have fun.
1: Let's do it. I'll literally I'll let my uh my team know tomorrow. <laughs> cool. If you if you yeah. can't. I'm I'm not gonna tell to tell them until you're you're sure you can go, but uh I'll be there. So I don't even know where that came from, but uh I forget what we were talking about that
0: caused that, but I'll be at Richmond. Nice. I'm also um I guess okay, all star race didn't count, but I'm looking at my last two results in random fantasy racing, ninth in the All-Star race and fifth at Charlotte. I need to stop doing so good. Damn it. Dude,
1: what the hell? Yeah. You're supposed to like tank, right? You're supposed to be in the uh the underdog standings.
0: You had you had a solid thirty fifth place at Charlotte for the Coke six hundred. You have not had a finish better than tenth since your win at Richmond with Larson. <laughs> So, man, I I, I I'm just I gonna so point wish. this
1: out. I'm just gonna point this out. You're doing better than Rotodog now.
0: Nah. Wait, which means you're doing better than me. I have an average finish of 21.0. No way.
1: I went to the. Oh my gosh!
0: Uh, I do. I am underdogs. Yeah, I have two 296 points. You have 288. You're doing better than me. You're doing better than and me because Rotodog's ahead of me. And you have a you have an average finish of 18.8 I'm getting those stage points well the other problem is
1: remember I got Chandler Smith for the Daytona 500 and he didn't even qualify yeah so I don't that doesn't even count in my average finish so really I have an average finish of 18.8 plus 41st or something uh, <laughs> out of yeah. 14 starts that's a good point I don't even I, don't even I literally don't that. even qualify for the underdog Cup because I didn't qualify for a race. Which is actually kind of bullshit. So I'm going to message Steve Luvender and see if I can't get up there. Um, Right, because I have 288 points, which in the underdog cup would put me. Got to click around here. 288 would put me tied
0: for 261st. Yeah,
1: Yeah. 261st. And you are 308. And Roto Dog is two eighty eight. So yeah, I'd just be just ahead of you guys in the shitness category.
0: By the way, the guy that uh, I'm assuming it's a guy, it could be a girl, um, that is leading the Underdog Cup right now. Got BJ McLeod for Gateway. So shout out to them for having a shitbox. Remember, remember, David Hanks
1: had uh, terrible results. Then got that fifth place at Darlington. Well, they got a 28th at Charlotte. They haven't yep. made their pick yet, but uh, they, they dropped back down on Charlotte. Nine points total from the 34 car of Michael McDowell. Who is your pick to win? Well, my pick last week was fucking terrible.
0: <laughs> Shout out, you know Ross Stain.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um so I you don't have, think I'm going out. You right
0: haven't now. had a top 5 since your win with Kyle Busch at Talladega. Damn. That's terrible. Um you've had a lot of bad luck through there too though. Yeah, I have. Including that. Larson at Dover specifically.
1: Oh, man, that was bad luck. Now, to be fair, Chastain wasn't bad luck. He was just terrible this past week. Uh, I should have just picked li- Lainey.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Was he terrible, or is he is he's leading the points? Doc, he's leading the points.
1: Yeah, but I mean, let's be real. <laughs> let's 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 if we're gonna be real about Colin Chase, Elliot fans out. I mean, and I know you're joking too, but like he was fucking terrible last week. Finished twenty second, right. probably ran eighteenth all race, something like that. Like it, he was bad this past week. Daniel Suarez uh, wasn't much better either. He finished 23rd. So, very surprising given they were two of the best three or four cars last year at this very track.
0: I want to say Suarez got some damage. Uh, he was definitely... He was making his way up during the race. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I feel like he might have got damage. I could be wrong. But yeah, Chastain was just off all day.
1: Honestly, this one's really hard to pick. I want... Like, I, like my gut in terms of like what I would normally say would be to pick Alex Bowman here in this spot because I think he's pretty underrated and he uh, feels like a very fun winning pick. But with that back injury, it becomes a little more iffy, although the shorter race probably helps. So instead, what I'm going to do uh with going to this shorter race thing that we talked about, rolling off the truck well, practice, hot. Sorry, Jordan, I'm going to take Christopher Bell. <sighs>
0: That's fine, cause I I did not have Bell on my, I wasn't gonna pick him. All right, I'm gonna take his teammate though. I'm gonna take Truex. X.
1: Yeah, I I like that. I was that was literally the other one I was gonna pick. So we're on the same yeah. page there.
0: Give me Truex. I'll take that, especially if he's. I don't think he's. I don't know if he's running the auto owners or not. But if he is, then I like him even more.
1: <laughs> exactly. There it is.
0: Definitely, we're on a uh, JGR picks this it's week, just, but
1: it just feels like it. Like they're good at short flats anyway. JGR is true.
0: True is running. is running auto owners. Guaranteed, he's winning. He's leading this <laughs> thing start to finish, start it's to over. finish. Truex, X, lock it in ten to one. Lock it in right now. Martin Truex Jr. Auto Owners Insurance. It's over. Don't even run the race. Just give him the victory. GG. It's about all you need
1: right there. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to wrap this up, wrap up this episode. This is a late episode. It's over 1 a.m. It is.
1: We, well, you and I got started late. We had some things. Both had some things come up. So, uh, yeah,
0: we got a late start. But, yeah. Gateway this week, second ever Cup Series race at Worldwide Technology Raceway. I hate that track title. We will be back next week to talk about Sonoma, and then we get an off weekend before we head to Nashville and then the Chicago Street Course. So, oh. so real quick, let me jump in here.
1: You, you mentioned that uh, you hate that track, etc. I I thought it was funny. I fantasy race Ryan. Um, was like, I don't even know what to call this track. I could write up like eight names for it or something. <laughs> but, uh, by the way, this past weekend was the big racing weekend, Indy 500 big congrats to just new garden, Indy 500 win Kyle Kirkwood got on his lid upside down wow. in sparks. Uh, not his fault. He, Kyle Kirkwood literally had a race winning car. Um, he could have won that race. He drove from 15th to second on the pit stop before, and he fell back to sixth. but, uh, he had a great long run car. Uh, didn't work out. A tire sheared off his car, hit a parked car in the parking lot in between the stand, the grandstands. Literally there would have been people killed. And this is why I'm so adamant about safety in NASCAR exactly. with the loose wheels and stuff. That's why I don't want the shorter penalties. I want the longer penalties. What if I, what if, you know, what if a NASCAR hits that car into the stands at Phoenix instead of ingesting it like it happened last year? Um, and, and that's not Kyle Kirkwood's fault. That's nobody's fault. The, the, those tires in IndyCar, they have tethers that are supposed to keep them on the car. The tether literally got just like chopped in half. Uh, so IndyCar is looking at that. But glad everybody's safe there. Formula 1 was an absolutely terrible race until the rain came. Then it kind of interesting, but I mean, we all know who was going to win. So... Greatest racing weekend in the world, but IndyCar is at Detroit this weekend. Don't look at past Detroit data. Don't. They're on a new track now. They moved off of the island into downtown Detroit. Don't look at past Detroit data. Please. If we want to talk about data and stuff like that, do not cite past Detroit results. That said, it is still a street circuit, so you can cite other street circuits. And then, uh, you know, Cockerwood, Andretti, they've been really good at street circuits. We'll see the tire wear. Road America, two weeks after that, is the race download on Kyle Kirkwood and Andretti Autosports in general. Newly paved, repaved, Road America. Hasn't been repaved in 60 years. So the tire wear is going to be very minimal. Helps Andretti Autosport. So that's where you're going to want to bet Kyle Kirkwood. Andretti had their best result of the year last year uh, outside of Long Beach at Road America. So... Bet Kyle Kirkwood at Road America. That's my Kyle Kirkwood plug for the week, and that's gonna do it for stacking denny's. But I, I do like him at Detroit, but not because of Detroit specifically, but because of road courses. I mean, sorry, street courses.
0: I can't wait to bet Kyle Kirkwood at at Circuit of the Americas or Road America. Sorry, Road America. I was I, I, I did that get last year used. too. With,
1: I me too, man. I, it, too many Americas.
0: Yeah, stop including America in your track name. But exactly. don't. But that's do true. not name it. I, I do not name it that. World. Worldwide technology. Worldwide
1: raceway. technology raceway at Gateway presented by Mickey Mouse. Whatever. No. Yeah. Free. Yeah. Sorry, I had, to, right. I had to get that in there last minute.
0: Drink Luvabella Bella wines. That's yes, all we got. That. Peace. <laughs> See you guys.